0: Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, listen, I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome our online campus joins us each and every week. I hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. I hope you've got plans for today, maybe to do something with family, friends, maybe even do something alone. But I want to encourage you too this weekend, especially tomorrow, remember why we celebrate Memorial Day and remember the freedoms that we have because people sacrificed for those freedoms. And I also want to encourage you, as I know you have been, continue to remember uh, the community of Uvalde, Texas and the senseless violence and evil that they experienced this week. As a matter of fact, why don't we just pray as we start off this morning let's just let's go before the Lord. God, thank you that we can come to you and we can ask anything. And Lord, we do want to lift up the community of Uvalde, the people who have lost a loved one, a child, a friend, a brother, a parent, a sister. Lord, uh, just the people in our nation and, th- and throughout the world that have suffered because of this senseless evil. Lord, we pray that you would comfort that community, comfort those families like only you can. You promise us in your word that you don't just understand the issues that we go through, that you walk through those with us. And Lord, you know, you hear people screaming and hollering for change this and change that, but we understand no change takes place without you, without you in our lives. And so we would pray that you would continue to call people to you, to give their lives to you. Help us to be a church and a community that continues to share your goodness with others. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. You know, it's easy when you talk to people in your life, at work, maybe your friends, to hear people are struggling right now. People are discouraged right now. People are tired. They're fatigued, right, because of all the wrong, all the bad that goes on in our lives, all the things that we can't control all of the, all of the chaos. And you know, you read headlines like this week that are very impactful, but there's other headlines that maybe they're not so impactful, but they impact us, right? They affect us. We've been dealing with COVID. You know, the the cases are spiking again. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but gas prices are up. Have you seen that? It's crazy. Right, We're dealing with record high gas prices and record high grocery prices, all these things that are going on that we don't want to see and we don't want to hear. We constantly experience evil and sin in our world, and we just get tired of it. People are done with it. People are not finding any peace in their life because of the things that are changing and that they can't control or things that aren't changing fast enough. And the truth is, we don't want to wait. We get really, really impatient, waiting for things to change or, or trying to stop things from changing and put things back to the way they were. It's been what? It's been over two years since we've been dealing with COVID, right? It's been over a year since we've been fighting inflation and paying higher grocery prices and higher gas prices. It's been well over a year that the supply chain has been messed up. And now you read that it's impacting things like medicine and baby formula. The housing demand, it's still off the charts, right? Some of you have been looking for a trailer to buy or a house to buy or a place to rent and still nothing. And people are just done with it. Everywhere you look, people's patience is running thin on so many levels because they want things To stop changing or they want things to change quicker. And when you look at society, when you look at just uh, this community, when people lose their patience, things don't go well for people, right? And I know the last thing we want to hear today uh, is, is that we have to be patient, but that's the truth. We just have to be patient. No matter what's going on around us, no matter what's happening, we have to learn patience. How many of you need an extra dose of patience today? Yeah, I think, I think we all do. Those of you that have kids and you just finally realize that your kids are out of school and they're not going back until like August, you need a, a special amount of patience. But there's, everywhere you turn, everywhere you look, there's going to be something every day that tries our patience. And sometimes the greatest step of faith that you and I can take is to sit back and wait on God and do nothing. Nothing. Right? It takes way more faith to have patience to wait for God to act in our life than it does just to run out and do something impulsively. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we have patience? We have a faith that allows us to be patient in the times of waiting. And I want to look at the book of James. I want to look at James chapter 5 verse 7 through 11. Now listen, any of the scripture verses we use, any of the learnings, they're on that church center app. You can download that onto your phone. And I know I talk about that every week, but you can do a lot of things on the church center app. You can get the notes for Sunday on the church center app. You can check your kids in early while you're on your way to church and then Just scan that barcode, your label prints, you can get them in, get rid of them and get them in their classroom as quick as possible, right? You can be generous, you can uh, give to support the ministry of this church on the Church Center app, you can register for different events on the Church Center app, you can sign up for a growth group on the Church Center app, and now we've got what's called the top three, out there each week. And we're going to put the three things that, you know, you, kind of like from the newsletter, but I know we blow off email, we don't really read the newsletter, but the three things you need to be aware of that's going on in the church this week. So if you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that. Online you can download that as well and use that each Sunday. But here's what James says about patience. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmer uh, the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure through suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So, we're going to talk about patience because learning to wait patiently is one of the most difficult things, difficult lessons we could ever learn in life. And patience really is a mark of maturity. People say, oh, I want to grow in my spiritual walk. Well, one of the first things we can do is learn to be patient, especially when things are taking longer than we think they should take. So in this passage, James tells us the high and the when and the how to develop patience. Now think about some of the things we, we wait on. We spend a lot of our life waiting. Do you realize this? I think about Traffic. Right? I think about traffic on 81 or 77, if there's road construction, or if there's a disabled vehicle or an accident, and it adds like 20 or 30 minutes to your trip. If you've ever been around the Beltway in D.C., let me tell you, that'll test your Christianity (laughs) for sure, but it also tests your patience. What about in doctor's offices? Do we ever wait to see the doctor? Yeah, think how much time you spent in doctor's offices or at amusement parks waiting to ride a ride with your kids or how about customer service numbers right aren't they great you know you dial that 1-800 number and then you get through like 13 prompts and then finally you know you think you're going to get to a rep and you're on hold oh your average wait time is 35 minutes what about waiting on the internet waiting on a session especially if you're trying to buy tickets to a sporting event at Virginia Tech on Monday right at two o'clock you know what I'm talking about and you're like, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're like, all right, I need a session. I need a session. But my favorite place to wait that really tests my patience is the DMV, right? We spend so much of our lives waiting. In all of these things, what they do is they test our patience. Or if we're waiting on society to change, or we're waiting for a political change, or we're waiting on people in our family or our friends to change, it tries our patience. And the truth is we do not like to wait. Right? What about when you're hungry? You ever go into a restaurant and you're hungry and they tell you it's going to be 30 to 45 minutes? I get hangry. My wife says, you get really ugly when you're hungry. Right? But all of these things, they test our patience. So we're going to see today, we have a faith that works. We have a faith that will allow us to be patient even in the times of waiting. And James, in that long passage we just read said, there's three places we can look is we're developing patience. We can look at farmers, right? We can look at prophets, and we can look at a man named Job. So if you're following along with our notes, our very first learning, let's look at some examples of where we need to be patient. Learning number one, I need to be patient when I can't control the circumstances. Right? When our circumstances are beyond our control, we have to learn and we have to develop Patience and so many things in our life is out of our control, right? So many things in our family, so many things with work, so many things in life in general out of our control. And and James picks the farmer as an example of patience that has a lot of things that are out of control. Think about a farmer, right? And, And all the things that they can't control. Think about a farmer when it comes to patience, right? There are no overnight crops. It's not like the farmer plants one day and the next day they harvest, right? They plant a seed depending on what they're going to grow, and then they wait, and they wait, and they wait, and they wait. And all that time of waiting, they got other things to do, right? They've got to maybe spray for insects, right? Or they've got to till or, or some crops they need to prune. They have to wait in patience. And what about the things they can't control? Are their circumstances uncontrollable? Yeah. They can't control the weather. Right, they certainly can't control uh, the amount of rain or the sunlight or you know the temperatures outside or the winds, but there's a lot of economic things that a farmer can't control. The, they can't control the fact that diesel price, uh, diesel fuel prices have doubled since this time of farming last year. What's that going to do to costs down the road? They can't control the fact that fertilizers tripled in price. They certainly can't control the the labor shortages and they can't get people to work on the farm, right? And then once they do hopefully have a harvest, they can't control the price they're going to get. So that's why James says, hey, you want to know what patience looks like? When your circumstances are completely out of your control, look at a farmer. Think about how much faith a farmer has to have and how much patience a farmer has to have. So we need to be patient when our circumstances are beyond our control. Number two, I need to be patient when the truth is unpopular. Sometimes as a follower of Jesus, and I know that's not everybody, but if you're a follower of Jesus, sometimes just like those prophets that James talks about, we're going to have to speak up with the truth. There's so many falsehoods that are out there today. Or we may have to speak the truth to somebody in our family or a friend of ours. And it may not be well-received. They may not like to hear it. And I think that's why James says, hey, if you want to see an example of patience when it comes to suffering or when something's unpopular, look to the prophets. Now, what was a prophet? A prophet was simply one of God's instruments To get people to change their ways. To tell people, kind of like we do on Sundays, this is what God's Word says. And to get people to turn away from whatever they were doing that was against God's Word. And the problem for prophets was, just like today, we don't want to change. I don't want to change. Right? Even sometimes I know something's going to be good for me, I, I resist that change. And that's what the prophets dealt with all the time. But they had to be patient with people. They would speak the truth to people and then they'd be patient with them. Often we'll speak the truth to our spouse or to one of our kids and we want them to change something. We wanna, want them to stop doing something or start doing something, but then we're not patient to wait on them to make that change. A lot of you are familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I share verses four through eight at every wedding I do. It's the love verses It's God's definition of what love is. And do you remember what the very first characteristic that God uses to describe love to us? Love is what? Patient, right? Love is patient. What does that mean? That means it's going to take a long, long, long time for me to get upset. Love being patient means it's going to take a long time for me to boil over. Love is patient. So when we speak those truths or those things that are unpopular with people, we got to know they may disown us for a while. Uh, That friendship may not be the same that it was going forward, but we still have to love people and we have to be patient with them to make those changes in their life. And then in James chapter five, verse nine, he says, hey, don't grumble about each other. Be patient. So we're patient when our circumstances are uncontrollable. We're patient when the truth we have to speak may not be all that popular. And here's number three. I need to be patient when my pain is unbearable. The community of Uvalde, Texas is in unbearable pain right now. Those families, that lost loved ones are in unbearable pain. Senseless evil causing unbearable pain. People outside of that community, because of the events this week, have unbearable pain. You, something going on in your life, maybe with a marriage, maybe with a friendship, maybe with your finances, maybe something at work, it's causing you pain. And James says, hey, we have a faith that allows us to be patient even when we're enduring unbearable pain. And who's the example he uses? Good old Job, right? Most of you are familiar with the story of Job. Job was a guy in the Old Testament who had literally everything. He had it all, and then he lost everything. And if you know the story, it was a test, right? God was allowing Job's faith to be tested. See, Satan came to God and said, hey, you know, your buddy Job, the only reason he likes you, the only reason he hangs around with you is because he's got it good. He's got everything he wants in his life. And so God said, no, 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 you you don't understand uh, my man Job. My man Job is faithful. And he allowed Satan to take everything good away from Job. And Job still served God. He still trusted God. And he was still patient with God through it all. And we know in the end that God was merciful to Job because he restored him. But what we don't realize is he suffered more than you and I could ever fathom in our lives. He lost everything. He lost his wife. He lost his children. He lost his livestock. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He literally lost everything in life that was good. And I think the worst part of it Which makes Job's patience, the the set example we talk about, and what makes his patience so remarkable is Job didn't have a clue what God was doing. He didn't have a clue what was going on. You read the book of Job and it's for like 37 chapters, God doesn't say anything. He's completely silent. But Job persevered through that pain and through that suffering. He, He hung in there. He refused to give up and he waited on God. It's the ultimate example of faith. So whatever it is that's got me impatient or you impatient, maybe we're waiting on an answer from God. We're waiting on direction in our life. We're waiting on a relationship to be restored. Maybe we're waiting to sell something or to, to purchase a house or we're waiting on a big contract at work and we haven't gotten anything. We need to be patient and know that God understands. He understands what we're going through. See, our faith works and it tells us what we can do to be patient, no matter what's going on. All right, here's something else I want you to look at or us to look at. James chapter 5, verse 7. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. And then in the very next verse, he says, Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. And then the very next verse, he says, for look, the judge is standing at the door. The door. What's he saying? What's James saying? What's James trying to remind us of? And I think it says, learning number four, no matter what I'm dealing with, I need to remember that the Lord's in control. Right? No matter what we're dealing with, if it's uncontrollable, if it's unpopular, if it's a a truthful thing we have to say that's going to hurt, if it's causing us unbearable pain, we need to remember that God is still in control. We don't know how long we're going to deal with the coronavirus. We don't know how long we're going to deal with high prices and inflation. We don't know if our relationship is ever going to be restored. We don't know if we're going to be healed or the person we've been praying for is going to be healed. There's so much that we don't know. But what we do know is that simple truth that God is in control. And for some reason, James three times in three verses reminds us of the fact that God's in control. Well, how does he remind us the fact God's in control? Because he reminds us that one day Jesus is going to return. James shares that because that is the ultimate proof that God's in control, right? That God is going to send his son back, that he's in control, that Jesus is going to return. That's the ultimate proof, the ultimate example that God is in control of everything. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. We don't know when that is, right? Nobody knows when Jesus is going to return and he's going to do away with sin and he's going to do away with evil. But James is saying, hey, I want to remind you, Jesus is coming back. As if to tell us that is the ultimate proof that you can rest in that your heavenly Father is in control. And I think he's telling us no matter what we're dealing with, no matter how painful, no matter how uncontrollable, no matter how unpopular, God's still in control of that. So we need to be patient. God's timing is perfect, he's never, ever late. We don't always understand what God does, why he allows this, why he doesn't allow this, why he doesn't do this, why he does that. And I think if we did understand, it wouldn't help us. It wouldn't make any sense to us. So we have to remember when we're trying to be patient, hey, God's still in control. He truly is. The other thing we need to remember is God will reward that patience, right? In verse 511, he said, we give great honor to those who endure. In other words, it pays to be patient. It pays to endure. You know, we get blessings in our life all the time. And we're going to have blessings now, we're going to have blessings in eternity. Sometimes we don't recognize those blessings, but God's constantly showering us with blessings. Think about some of the blessings we get if we'll just be patient. Right? When we're patient, our character develops. Right? Our character develops to be more like the character of Christ. When, when we're patient, we avoid mistakes. When we're patient, we don't say things that we're going to later regret. When we're patient, we're honored by others. When we're patient, we have happier relationships. Look at Galatians 6.9. So let's not get tired. Let's not get impatient. In other words, let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So there's blessings that come to us that are beneficial to us in those periods of waiting. And I get we're frustrated. I get we're tired. I don't want to be patient sometimes. But when we don't give up, When we stay the course, James says, like the farmer and like the prophets and like Job, there are blessings in our life. Blessings we can experience and benefit from today and blessings for all of eternity. And you know, we need to remember God, even though he's in control, he's always working behind the scenes. We may not see it, we may not feel it, but he's always working behind the scenes. We know that because we read, we have the The book of Job we can read and we know that that God had mercy and compassion on Job. We know that he restored Job. And remember, if you're waiting and you're getting impatient, maybe you're waiting for God to to give you an answer or something or to give you direction and you haven't gotten that answered, just because God hasn't said anything doesn't mean he's going to say no, right? It could just be a delay, we're always in a hurry. We want it now. But God doesn't work on our timeline. I mean, think about the farmer. When he's waiting on those crops, he, he doesn't know. He can't physically see right away what God's doing, but God's working underground, right? He's working behind the scenes. He's preparing that seed to sprout and, and to hopefully start some, some type of plant and, and hopefully someday have a harvest. But he's got to have the faith to know that God's working. I, I had several bare spots in, in my yard where we had torn out some old plants last year. And so I planted grass seed, right? Covered it with straw and I kept it wet morning and evening. My, my uncle used to manage the golf course at the homestead and he's like, you got to keep it wet. You got to keep it wet. Did everything right. And after two weeks, I see nothing And I look at the package, you know, I'm not dumb. Seven to 10 days, it should germinate, grass seed, nothing. Kept watering, kept watering. And then one morning I get up and I go outside and I see it, just a little bit of green on all those patches. See, I I didn't think it was working. I wasn't paying attention that God could still be working underground and behind the scenes. And he's the one that made that happen. We got to know no matter what we're struggling with, In life, when we feel like we're completely alone, that God's not hearing us, that God's not responding to us, God's not answering to us, he's working, even though we can't feel it. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Romans 8.29, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them in all things, God is working. While we're waiting, God is working. We have to be patient. And, and I don't know what all you're dealing with now. I know you're dealing with the same things the rest of us are, are dealing with. You know, the, the feeling of disgust when we see something like what happened this week. You, you know, you're dealing with the economy and paying higher prices for things and you're dealing with workforce problems. But I'm not so naive to think you don't have things personal in your life that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a marriage difficulty. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe one of your kids has gone off the rails. Maybe it's something with a coworker or, or a friend or a boss at work. But I do know we got to remember that God is in control. And God is working behind the scenes even when we don't think he is. So that's great. Scott, how do we do it? How can we be patient in the times of waiting? How can we trust God in the times of waiting? And I think we go back to the passage we've looked at already. And we look at those three examples. We look at Job, we look at the prophets, and we look at the farmers because James gives us some insight into how they waited. How did the farmer wait? He said the, the farmer waited expectantly. You know, when a farmer plants something, they expect something to grow, right? So we have to wait expectantly. We have to wait expecting God to intervene in our life or to answer us or at least to give us direction. We need to know he's going to give us some type of resolution. Is it going to be what I want? Is it going to align with the way Scott wants it to go? Not necessarily. But we have to expect something is going to happen. Something's going to break. Psalm 103, or I'm sorry, 130, verse 5 says, "I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. In His word, I put my hope." So we wait expectantly. What, what have you been waiting expectantly for God to do? Is it to fix your marriage? Is it to reach one of your friends? Is it to heal your body, solve a financial problem, take some pain away from this world? we got to wait expectantly, expecting that something's going to happen. Again, it's not always going to happen. It's not always going to happen when we want it to or how we want it to. And here's something I've also found. Sometimes we're waiting on God, we're waiting on God, we're waiting on God. And really, he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to take a step or to do something in our life maybe that we haven't done. Maybe God's shown us something he wants us to change in our life. But like we all do, we resist that change and we haven't made that change. What's God waiting on you to do? And so I think in those periods of time when we have to wait on God, we should reflect and look at ourselves and say, "Eh, God, what are you waiting on me to do? Maybe God's called you to serve, to step up and serve wherever it is you go to church and you haven't done it. Or He's called you to forgive somebody in your family or to forgive one of your friends and you haven't been willing to do it. Maybe God's called you to be less critical or me to be less judgmental. Maybe He's called us to generosity or to reaching out to a friend and helping them we got to evaluate during those times of waiting on God what is it God wants me to do what do I need to do so we wait expectantly and then we wait without complaining right that's not real easy especially when we're already impatient but we wait without complaining that's what the prophets did Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26 so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord And then James tells us in verse 9, don't grumble. That means we got to guard our mouths while we're waiting, too. We don't complain. Often something goes wrong, something doesn't turn out the the way we want it to, a call doesn't go the way we want it to go, and we complain about it. And we take it out on the people that we love the most. So we wait expectantly, we wait without complaining, and then what's he say? We wait with endurance. You know what that means? (laughs) means you're going to be waiting a long time, possibly, when you wait with endurance. You may be waiting a while. That's why he uses Job as the example. Again, everything's in God's timing. It's not in our timing. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And what that verse is really saying is we can actually recover when we're waiting on God. We can be refreshed and restored during those waiting periods, waiting on God. So where is it today? You need some patience. Where do I need some patience? What are the uncontrollable circumstances in your life? What's the circumstance in your life that you know is not going to be real popular? when you talk about it, when you have to speak it? Or what are the circumstances in your life that are causing you a great deal of pain? Maybe you're waiting on an answer to a problem you can't get resolution to. Maybe what you're going through just makes absolutely no sense to you whatsoever. Please remember God is in control. He is working underground and behind the scenes. Nothing's beyond his power. Nothing is outside of his purpose. Nothing is beyond his control. God's plan is bigger than any problem. God's purpose for your life is bigger than any problem we're facing. We also need to remember that he does reward our patience. There's blessings in our life right now when we remain patient. And we need to remember that what we're going through, what we're dealing with, what we're struggling with, what's causing our impatience its not necessarily the end of our story. So we wait expectantly. We wait without complaining, and we endure through that waiting. It's a great time for us to evaluate ourselves, say, God, what are you waiting on me to do? But sometimes the most spiritual thing, the most godly thing we could do is simply be patient and simply to wait on God. Let's pray together. God, help us to be patient in this crazy world that we live in where we get everything instantly. Help us to be patient with the people that you place around us, the people we love the most. Lord, help us to Be patient, knowing full well that you are still working. That you haven't just fallen off your throne and taken a day off. That you're still behind the scenes. You're still working underground. You're putting things together that we can't even see. So that one day we'll reap a harvest. Lord, it may not be the harvest we were expecting, but it's going to be perfect because it's your will and your plan for our lives. Lord, we again lift up every human being that's been impacted by the events of this week. Lord, we remember this weekend those who sacrificed for our freedoms. But most importantly, God, we thank you for your sacrifice, for your son, Jesus, that you sent for all of us, the relationship that truly changes us, We thank you that you've never given up on any of us. And Lord, the people that don't know you, I would pray you'd never give up on them. You would continue to call them, that you would flat wear them out until they come to you and give their lives to you. Lord, as we leave this place today, help us to just be patient. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to just encourage you before you leave, if you haven't filled out that connection card, that was the other thing that's on the church center app. I knew there was something else. You can fill out a connection card. Uh, Maybe you want to, you need prayer. You can put that on the connection card. You need more information on a different area of the church. If you want to sign up to volunteer, you can do all that on that connection card. But I hope you have a terrific afternoon. No matter what you're doing, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great day tomorrow. Uh, God bless you and come back and see us next week. Take care.